0: I'm a black. Day two of Spring Awakening 2013, and I am here with Green Velvet, AKA Cashmere. How are you doing, sir? Oh, I'm doing very well now that I found my phone. I'm very happy. Yeah, there was a little bit of panic right after your set where you were looking for your phone, but now it was returned to you. Yes, and I'm one happy camper. I like it, man. Um, we're here at Spring Awakening. You just finished your set. How did that go?
1: Oh, it went it went well. I mean, you know. They had a lot of compression on the stuff, but it was okay. Nice. Yeah. That,
0: so, it was good. Well, there's a lot I want to ask you about, but let's start with uh, something that looks like you've been doing very recently.
1: It looks like you've been doing a lot of traveling all over the world and stuff lately. How has that been? Oh, uh, it's been great. I've been probably doing the most traveling I've ever done in my career, and uh, it's been really nice. Uh been playing a lot of stuff is cashmere a lot of house stuff and then a lot of techno stuff is green velvet so it's been really fun and do audiences like that kind of like
0: that you switch it up that you've got the green velvet side and the cashmere side
1: well i think i, I think it's good for the audience because there are those people who you know really like the deep house stuff and that's all they want and then there's those people who like the techno stuff and you know the stuff with a little bit more energy and that's all they want so it, everybody's happy. Uh, what have been some of the best places you played, like in different in different parts of the world? Oh, um, let's see, man, it's like Scotland's always awesome. Belgium's probably like one of the most incredible places for me to play, you know, outside of Chicago or something. But, South America, Brazil is really fun. So I love Brazil. Yeah.
0: Well, I wanted to get some perspective from you because I know you've been like, you've been DJing and producing tracks for what? Like, over 20 years now, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, over 20 years now so what perspective would you like? Well I mean first let's start with this like did you ever think that they would get to a point where there's a huge electronic music festival over three days in Soldier Field?
1: Never. I never imagined there would be something like this. I mean the only thing I I ever thought would pull something like this off would be like a rock festival or something but it's incredible that the electronic music is is doing this right now so it's really exciting. realize that like
0: electronic music was really coming up in a big way in, in the mainstream in a way that people were really paying attention to it
1: well i think the electronic music was always really big you know it was just a matter of uh the the government or those those people who control the stuff uh allowing it to break through but you know we know with Chicago House is really huge. and uh, Even in the 90s with the rave stuff, yeah. that was huge. I mean, you, we could have easily had a rave in Soldier Field in the 90s, but the uh, powers that be didn't, didn't want it to happen at that time. So it's cool that. That rock is not as as popular amongst the kids that we're able to do stuff like this so that the city could still generate some revenue. You know?
0: Why do you think that this scene and this culture was able to to penetrate and break through, you know, where it was, it always existed in one form or another, but now it's so it's so much the forefront. Do you think it's the internet? There's just no way to hide it anymore.
1: It's definitely uh, because of the internet social media because the uh, the major labels had a, such a lock on the radio stations for such a long time, even to this day, that uh, uh, indie type stuff or underground music didn't even stand a chance, you know. But now the kids can still find and discover the music without it being on a major label, which is a great a great thing. And I think a lot of kids they don't wanna to
0: listen to what's on the radio or what's on a major label anymore. They want they want something more real and authentic.
1: Right. I don't think that it's, it's a matter of it being on the radio or not. I think that the kids just want to hear that stuff that they like and it sort of resonates with them. And uh, I think that a lot of the the underground music would do really well on the on the radio. But the problem is, is for major labels, they don't know how to market it. You know, they have to have a sort of a formula with the, the sounds they come out with. And with the underground, then Kids like this one day, then next week they like this, and it's totally different than the other thing that they were, you know, so it's, it's not about a formula, it's just about the sound of something that the kids like more so in the underground, and that's really, it was impossible for the, the major labels to to be able to market that. Yeah.
0: Well, how different is the music and culture scene, you know, electronic or otherwise, in Chicago now versus when you started out? Uh, like, what aspect of it, though? I don't know. Like, you know, as for you as a DJ and a producer, how different of an experience was it when you started out making music and playing parties versus
1: doing it now in Chicago? Um, well, well, I think now stuff is a lot better organized. You know, back in the day, uh, Know, what would happen with the party and what the sound would be like and all that but but now everything is really uh, uh well organized and so that's that's a good thing about it uh, and uh the sound systems are a lot better too you know, we have function ones and all that type of stuff so Chicago has always been
0: a hotbed for electronic music whether it's like the industrial era the house era even like the last 10 years with acts like Lost and then some of the newer acts that have come out it's always Chicago's always had that energy in one form or another why do you think that is? Um,
1: you know it goes back to I guess I guess you know this Chicago had a lot of you know, not like a New York or L.A., but, you know, we had the jazz, we had the blues, but um, by, by the, the city being so diverse with all groups of people, I mean, allowed to discover all these different types of music that they they wouldn't otherwise because there's so many different you know different friends, different parties and, and so I, I think with that people just don't rely solely on hearing stuff on the radio but you know here in Chicago we're really open to to discover a lot of different new and just good stuff, you know? Yeah, I mean, do you think that music listeners now
0: are a lot more open to variety and different genres than they were maybe 5, 10, 20 years ago?
1: Well, I think people are open to it, but at the same time, because of the internet, And it's beca- it's so you know things are a lot more accessible you can really just sort of get locked into what you only like and just you know listen to all the stuff you you only like for a while but at the same time you're able to hear whatever it is you you feel like or you want you heard something about this and uh, you want to go check it out you can just do that in a couple seconds so yeah. the internet's great for that How
0: difficult and different is it now to break into the music industry, the DJ game, the nightlife game, versus when you started? Like, what did it take when you started out as a DJ, and I'm pretty sure, to get in front of
1: people? Well, I think it's, you know, I don't know, but I think it's probably a whole lot more difficult now than then because back in the day it was more or less if you had the right vinyl, if you had the records that other people didn't have, you know that was a, a big thing, so, but today it's like, you know you can get whatever you want just, just shazam it or whatever, so music is a lot more um, uh, a lot more much more accessible, but uh, I, I think it's probably way more challenging for the the kids today to break into the game than back then. I mean, just because there's so much more competition, a lot more competition, you know. You know, back then it was like you just had to have the right records and and, and you know, of course, some talent and a gift. Right. But but now. It's like everybody's a DJ, everybody's a producer, and so it's just more challenging. It doesn't mean like it's impossible. It's still possible. People still do it all the time, but it's a lot more difficult. Well, what's been going on
0: with you? You know, I know that you've got a new record that was in the works or is coming out, or what's
1: the latest with that? I have a new Cashmere album out, uh, Two Underground for the main stage, you know, and uh, I like that title. I, I do, too working on a lot of stuff. So uh, what else is on deck
0: for you in 2013 and beyond? You played Spring Awakening, you got the record that's out now. What else is coming up
1: for for you for the year beyond that? Um, I'll I'll still I got a lot of things coming out with uh, on Relief because it's 20 years of Relief Records, so we'll be uh, putting out a lot of stuff with different artists from Chicago and, you know, around the globe. And um, Then I'll probably have a a new Green Velvet album coming out next year. So it's just about really getting a relief record celebration together for this year. Well, Green Velvet,
0: Cashmere. Oh, go ahead man I'm sorry didn't mean to cut you off no no, no,
1: no it's good go ahead you are doing right. a good job
0: well Green Velvet cares where, man you are a living legend and I appreciate it so much for you to take the time for the podcast for the interview really appreciate it man great talking with you, thank you here. brother thank
1: you